Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the first sermon in our church's Living for God's Kingdom series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. Good morning. Thanks, worship team. Thanks, tech team. Thanks, coffee prep team. Appreciate all you all and everyone that serves in the life of the church. My name is Chris Stallings. It's my privilege to get to be pastor here at Leeds First Methodist Church. Today, we begin a new series entitled Living for God's kingdom. As Christ followers, it's important for us to realize that the devil is real. Now, we may joke around about that, but there's real evil that's a force in this world, and the devil's behind it. And our role in living for Christ is to know that and to always be about living for God's kingdom. During the month of October, there may be a a tendency or even a temptation to kind of delve into that spiritual darkness that is associated with the devil. And maybe even dabble or to give credence to even demonic. So this series, we're going to be guided by this key verse from Ephesians 6.12. Follow along with this as I read it. Ephesians 6, 12 reads, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so this month, enjoy the candy of Halloween. Amen. Enjoy the festivities with friends, but guard your heart and your life that you be living for God's kingdom and not delving into the others. And so today we kick off the series, Living for God's Kingdom by Taking on the Mind of Christ. Taking on the Mind of Christ. Well, this week, some of you knew I had a sinus surgery. Some of you are like, yeah, we can still tell. I'm still feeling it. Um, it was the, uh, the root cause, they say or think, of my issues with nasalness and hearing since over the summer. I want to thank you for those that expressed concern, prayers, and well wishes. It went about as expected. Um, I guess I'm a little bit of an optimist. Where I was like, the doctor said, oh, we can get you in on Monday. I was like, sure, I can do that. And everything else I'd planned and wanted to do this week. I maybe shouldn't have thought that. <laughs> like two days of just like this. And then we had a, a trip planned with my daughter for another college visit. And then I tried to do some work and get ready for Sunday. And it's like, shoo, that's not been the best week ever. And so I acknowledge that, but I am here. Those sinus issues, do y'all know about the sinuses? It's one of those things you don't realize until you have trouble with them, right? I learned about them that they are kind of like a filter or conditioner for the air that you breathe in through your nose. When there's an irritant that comes in, they try to grab it, and then they try to cover it with mucus, or a fancy word for snot. (laughs) Well, we 
Halloween month, right? We're going to get into some gross stuff. And then if you have trouble with them, it, it gets bad even whenever there's normal stuff. Like you got a cold. Anybody get these where you have this runny nose and all this stuff? And then you have trouble with them where they overreact to something. And that's what mine did. Overreacted to an irritant or something. And then they produce so much that they get stuffed up and, and they won't even drain themselves and they get impacted and it just ruins what they're supposed to even do. And their only solution, at least what they told me, is to go in there and cut out the mucus or it's not, and then make some bigger holes for it to come out next time and hopefully we'll be better. Well, I don't know if it's going to work. I hope it will. Y'all pray that it will. I want to hear good again. I want to be able to talk good again. And I know y'all been dying because I want to be able to sing good again. I heard that. Our minds, as it turns out, can be a little bit like sinus. They're made to do good things. Sometimes, though, they can get latched onto an irritant or a not good thing, and then they can be corrupted. Right? And I don't, I don't mean like, I mean, there's things that can be wrong with chemical imbalance and so forth, and treatment is needed. I mean, just in our thoughts, right? There's some good thoughts that God wants us to think, and then there's these thoughts of the world that come in, and we try to wrestle with them, process with them, and sometimes the thoughts of the world, the corruption of the world, the evil of the world, overcome our mind and our way of thinking, and it leads to our way of living, and it overcomes the good that God has for us. A cluttered mind, like that that the world has, or like sinuses that get corrupt, versus a clear mind that, that leads or follows Jesus, and hopefully my sinus is in a few days. The Bible says this is a key to our faith journey. In Romans 12, 2, it reads, Don't copy the behavior or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think or your Mind. In other words, our minds are cluttered, stuffed up. We need to get it cleaned out, and we need to follow or have a mind of Christ. So let's look at a passage that might help us to do that. If you've got a Bible, I invite you to turn it on or turn it to the book of Philippians. Philippians is in the New Testament. Philippians chapter 2 we'll read from in just a moment. Remind you that Philippians is a letter or an epistle written by the Apostle Paul to the church in the town of Philippi in or around the 60 AD time frame. Paul is writing this to a church he once founded and now is in a prison cell in Rome. And he's writing them, we covered last week, to help address their concerns about him. Is he alive? Is he safe? And his own concerns for the suffering he is enduring. And he declares in that first chapter that I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to fight the good fight, as it were, for your benefit. As opposed to giving up or succumbing to the suffering. Now in chapter 2, Paul shifts from advising the Christians on his own suffering and for them to endure suffering to advocating or encouraging them to not merely survive but to keep an eye on how to thrive. 
as a parent might encourage a child who's feeling beat down to, to endure that but not lose hope of the future or the good or the purpose that they have in their life. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi to say, hey, let's keep on. Even make me happy, make me proud by you endure and move on. Let's read now in chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. I'll be reading the New Living Translation if you want to follow along word for word. Philippians 2, 1. Is there any encouragement for belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in his spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse 12, dear friends, you always followed my instruction when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. We're in verse 5. Paul gets at the kind of core of what it means to live for the kingdom of God. It says, you must have the same attitude as Christ. That word translated in this version as attitude comes from the Greek New Testament word, phoronio. Phoronio. And it means to employ one's faculty for thoughtful planning with emphasis on the underlying disposition or attitude. That's from the Low and Nydia lexicon. And the Oxford English Dictionary simply says attitude is a settled way of thinking. To settle our way of thinking. Don't be wishy-washy. Right? Be torn between a mind of this world or even evil, but be settled in our way of thinking. Living for God's kingdom first requires that we settle our mind And decide, is this kingdom of God living for me? You see, you have a choice in it. I have a choice in it. We all have a choice in whether or not we will follow Jesus or not. You get to decide, are you going to put your trust, be saved, and follow him? But if you do, 
Declare first in your mind and then with your whole life, I am living for God's kingdom and nothing else. And then, and then you will thrive into the purpose for which God has created you. Let's look at what that mind or attitude being settled on Christ looks like. If you've got a worship bulletin, great time to take it out. Or if you downloaded the online worship guide, to open that in your phone now. With these points and take notes as it might be helpful to you in knowing and applying this in your life. Number one, take on a purposeful mind. A purposeful mind. Verse 2 says, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. The reason you need to take on the mind of Christ is that it will then direct your purpose. If at every decision you're wondering, huh, am I going to follow Jesus? I'm going to live for God or am I going to live for this world or myself or something else? And you're not living on purpose. You're living indecisive. Lee. This doesn't mean you cannot ever have questions in your faith. Those are seen throughout the Bible. If you read in the Old Testament, New Testament, people wondered, how am I going to have faith? What does my faith look like? And so you can have questions. The key is that you go to God with those. Give them to him. And in the end, wrestle to ground. Do I believe God? I trust him. And then once you do and decide, follow him. Live in that purposeful mind. How many of you have ever seen something athletic? <laughs> Everybody, I'm just seeing who's awake, right? Some of y'all are awake. Y'all nudge the people that didn't raise their hand. You know, in athletics, they try to teach the athletes to be able to play to the point where they can play without having to think about it, right? Like, that's one of the fundamentals. Like if you have to think about it, you just can't react fast enough to be any good at it, right? You just got to know to do. So imagine, I should brought my basketball up here. But imagine taking and going out and playing basketball in the NBA and having to think, okay, the ball's coming to me. I need to put up both hands. I need to grasp the ball when it gets into range and put both hands around it. And I need to take it and transfer it from both hands into one hand and then slowly push it or gradually push it towards the, the floor with the expectation of releasing it but still be in control of it. Then it might bounce back up to me and then gradually receive it back with my hand and then transfer it to both hands and then position my feet to where I see the, the goal line them up, and then bend my knees, bend my elbow, get it just right in the palm of my hand. So can you imagine the NBA player going, having to do all that and think about all those things to be any good? No, it's pass, dribble, shoot, score, and they do all that in a matter of a second or less, right? It's like that with our faith. If we're going to live for God's kingdom, we've got to get past whether or not we're deciding to live for God to the point where we've decided and we get good at it. 
Right, where we are in God's word, we're praying to God to where when we encounter one of those circumstances, oh, they're passing me the ball, <laughs> right? We're not sitting there saying, ooh, let me think about it. I'm going to follow Jesus today. No, I'm going to receive the ball. I'm going to dribble. I'm going to know. I'm going to have settled in my life, in my mind. I'm going to follow Jesus long before that truck ever cuts me off in the merge lane. Amen. Because if you wait till that moment, you know which mind of yours is going to win, right? <laughs> You've got to settle your purpose long before you ever go on that date with that hot person. You need to take on a purposeful mind. Number two, take on a humble mind. Take on a humble mind. Verse 3 reads, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Key aspect of having the mind of Christ is realizing the humility from which Jesus lived his life on earth. Jesus literally gave up his position in heaven on the throne of heaven and came earth. Live as a human born in a not so fancy, what was it? A barn? Living in every way as a human. He lived a humble life. Emmanuel, God with us. Your life will challenge you to give up your comfort if you follow Jesus, to give up your own interest if you follow Jesus, especially if you don't get anything in return. Those are hard decisions to make, right? Just give and not get something in return. Now, I can, sometimes it's not still easy, but it's easier if I can give to somebody and they'll at least express gratitude, if they'll just be thankful, Right? If they'll say thank you, I'll, I'll do it for them. Or sometimes you're like, well, I'll give if to that charity, give some money to them, if they'll put my name up on the building or on the plaque or on the sign, or you know, something where I can get some credit for it. And even in your, fa in your family, it's hard to just give, right? It's like, well, I'll get you something from the kitchen if I'm going that way anyway, right? And even then, sometimes it's like, well, not if it takes two hands to carry it all, right? But will you give, will you think of others more than yourself if it only helps someone else? Like Jesus did. Would you give up your privilege to someone who is disadvantaged? Here, take my seat of privilege would you give up the security of your nest egg so someone else's future might be just as bright? Would you give up your preference so others might know and grow like Jesus? Take on a humble mind. Number three, take on an obedient mind. Obedient mind. 
Verse 8 says, He, that's Jesus, humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. If we're going to live for God's kingdom, we must take on the mind of Christ. And if we're to know we have the mind of Christ, we must live in a way that is obedient to God. Jesus said in John chapter 14, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You see, that's the second half of the gospel in Methodist movement terms. The first half is being saved from the, let's say, the consequences of your sin. The get out of hell part of salvation. Right? The second half is when you start living for the purpose God has given you to live. The first half is surrendering your rebellious heart. The second half is aligning to be an advocate for God's kingdom. The first half is saving grace. The second half is sanctifying grace. The knowing and then growing like Jesus. In our new member class, which is this Sunday in week four. So if you're in there, we got that tonight. We watch a video that's entitled, The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith. And in there, they share the illustration that John Wesley used to talk about salvation as a kind of house. Where the front porch or the steps or what you walk onto, that's having a repentant heart. And the front door is believing. Do I believe in Jesus and his resurrection enough to be saved? And that's just the beginning of what it means to experience salvation. There's a lot more to it. That's the rest of the house. That's the sanctifying part of our life. We go in and we say, hey, here's the the rules of the house, but because I follow those rules, I get to enjoy all the abundance of living in God's house. Right, not a literal like the church, because you're living other times of that, but all the, the goodness of living in God's house. So many of us Christians fight the obedience to God and miss out on the blessing of living in God's house for this lifetime and in eternity. We cling to our way of thinking, missing the mind of Christ. We cling to our thoughts, our words, or actions that only think of ourselves, never thinking of glorifying God or to the benefit of others. And in doing so, in Refusing to wipe our feet off or take off our shoes to enter the glorious and abundant living house of God. We miss out on so much. We miss out on living on the mansion or in the mansion of God's purpose. With all its fine adornments. Never occupying the recliner in God's living room because we refuse simply to put our cup on a coaster. As it were. Do you love God? Do you have the mind of Christ so that you will live in a way that will be 100% obedient to God? Today, as we kick off this series, I invite you to examine your mind. Have you decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. Have you decided that if there's any doubt, I'm going to pick his way and not my way or the world's way? I've decided And are you becoming good at living that life? Where you encounter those circumstances, you're ready to pass, dribble, and shoot, and score. 
versus wonder, how do I put the basketball down and on the floor? As we begin this series, I invite you to check if your heart is humble for Christ, if you're obedient 100% for Christ, and if there are any commands you have ignored of Christ, that you would wholeheartedly say yes to those. If there's any thoughts or bad attitudes you've hung on to, to release them today and to take on an obedient mind. Live for God as you take on a mind for Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so very much. Thank you for the blessing of epistles and letters to the church that we can hear from and learn from today. God, thank you for the blessing of the life of Jesus and his example to us. God, I pray that you'd work in these words from this passage and this sermon to transform our lives. But purposefully, humbly, obedient to you. Agents of transformation in this world. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again, and God bless.